say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. Hello everyone and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo and I know. Uh, what am I going to say? You know, you already know what I'm going to say because I've been saying it now for, you know, almost a year. I've been saying, you know what? We have another great show. And the fact is we have another great show because I have another great guest and, and you're going to love him, right? His, his name's Lewis Carter. He's written this book in great company. It's absolutely fabulous how to how how to spark I, by the way spark i love what he did here clever wait 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 we'll talk about it. how to spark peak performance by creating an emotionally connected workplace and this book uh is fantastic not only is it a fabulous read an insightful read a remarkable read a read that's going to change the way you think about doing business the way that you're thinking about yourself as an employee but also in the back of this book and here's what is just such a gift i think is that he gives you like questions to check in you know how are you doing how's the company doing how are you doing individually in terms of getting along with your fellow employees getting along with your uh your boss how are you getting along you as a leader how are you doing so he's got so much but we're gonna talk about that uh in this book in great company and uh dr lewis carter is just absolutely awesome he's the founder and ceo of the best practice institute bpi you may have heard of it should have if you haven't you should go check it out you could just go to bestpracticeinstitute.org i will have all his information on the write-up to the show when this goes into podcasts so uh we will certainly do that and uh by the way again great book in great company and we're going to talk to him in just a couple minutes but let's do what we do uh every week and and uh, that is, let's kind of get everything started. And by the way, before I get too far along, I need to talk about the t-shirt of the week because I get the t-shirt shout out, right? Because you people who are watching me live, uh, right, they go, okay, who's the t-shirt? Yeah, well, this is O2 Fitness Brennan Station. It's actually the place where I train uh, nearly, uh, well, five days a week uh, for sure. And it's where it's my home gym. And they gave me a t-shirt and said, would you give us a shout out? And you know what I do? If you send me an extra large t-shirt, and you're a local business, of course, I'm going to give you a shout out. And so to all my folks and the trainers and the staff at O2 Fitness, Brennan Station, um, you know what? Here's your shout out. Thanks for supporting A New Direction and me and the show. And, and I'm really grateful that you've done that. And again, if you wanted, if you want to do that, just send a t-shirt to me. You can just, uh, you know, contact me in any number of ways, right? Because I'm all over social media. Matter of fact, if you can't find me on social media, you've got a problem with your computer. That's the truth. So let's check in what we do every week, right? Let's check in with the four areas of your life. I believe that we're four-part people. I believe that we're physical people, that we're mental people, we're emotional people, and that we're spiritual people. And so we're going to check in every area, if you haven't joined us before, on a scale of one to 10, one being miserable, 10 being outstanding. Where are you at physically? So how are you feeling physically, right? Are you doing the things that you need to do? Are you eating right? Are you exercising? Are you doing all those things that you need to do to be the best that you can be physically? Where are you at on that scale of one to 10, right? Is it three, seven, eight, two, five? What's the number, right? And remember, with any number that you give, right, the point isn't to get from what that number is to a 10 today. All I want you to do is get, if you're a three, I want you to get to like a 3.5. Four would be great. But what would it take for you to change right now just to get a half point better? Could, what would it take for you to get, you know, a, a, to a, from a 3 to 3.5 or a 4 to 4.5? What, what, what could you do right now, right? I mean, could you, could you drink a little more water? Could you take an extra walk? Could you walk the dog a little longer? What, what could it be? Could you put the fork down, right? Maybe not eat the pizza, you know, maybe eat something a little more healthy, right? What could you do? 
right? Because that's the whole goal, right? All right, so we talk physically. How about mentally? And you say to me, what do you mean, Jay, by mentally? I go, well, what are you feeding your mind, right? You know, listen, uh, you're going to have two psychological professionals today, right? And we're all about the mind and emotions, trust me. And and I can tell you that Lewis Carter is going to do that to you today. But you know how I am. We've got a, our brain is two halves, you know, that's connected by a thing called a corpus callosum, which kind of keeps them connected. But, you know, one, one side's creative, one side's logical. So what are you doing to feed your brain? Both sides of that brain. What are you doing? Are you reading things? I am so fortunate, right? Because I get to read a book a week. And um, and it, it keeps me creative and I get to do the show in, in a creative way. And so I'm really, really fortunate that I get to do that and expand my brain. What are you doing? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you, what are you doing? Are you taking up a new hobby? Maybe you're taking up an instrument, learning a new language, whatever it may be. What are you doing to feed yourself? Right? And whatever that number is on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being great, what can you do to change that? It could be something as simple as reading a book. It could be something as you know picking up that guitar that you've had sitting in the corner and playing some chords and learning that instrument all over again. But what can you do? All right, so you got two numbers, physical, mental. Let's talk about the emotional. And what do we mean by emotional? Oh, you're going to be so you're going to be so glad we're going to talk about this because I'm telling you when we talk about emotional connectedness, we're going to probably talk a little bit about you know the EQ, you know your emotional quotient or emotional intelligence, right? The EI. But the point being is how well are you able to manage your own emotions? Right? On a scale of 1 to 10, how well are you managing your own emotions? But not only managing your emotions, right? Like do the little things tick you off? Can you control that? But better yet, how well are you able to relate to the emotions of others, right? We're going to throw around a word probably today called empathy, right? And, and you know, we sometimes we say it's like, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes. But it's really more than that. It's really being able to understand the depth of the emotion of someone else. Can you really understand how they feel? Can you go beyond putting themselves into their shoes? But can you really understand that their depth of, of either joy or happiness or sadness or whatever it may be? How well are you able to really relate to those emotions? And that that's really kind of emotional intelligence in a very quick way put together. So where are you at in that scale? One to ten. One being miserable, ten being great. Where are you at emotionally? All right? You got that three numbers. So the final number, where are you at spiritually on that scale of one to ten? All right? And what do I mean spiritually? You know, well, what do you connect with? You know, science does not explain everything. Listen, I would love to say it does. I came from a science background. I would love to tell you that science explains everything, but there's so many things it doesn't. And there's so many things they can't explain. And 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 there's there's all sorts of theories of what things can make you happy, but then there's things that give you peace and joy. And that even in the midst of tremendous circumstances, people can be centered because they believe in something that gives them hope and happiness and, and joy. What is that? Is it nature? Is it God? What what is it what is it for you? Is it karma? Maybe it's something completely different. I don't know what that is, but how is it working? Right? And what are you doing to tap into it? And how often are you tapping into it? Are you meditating? Are you praying? Are you doing whatever? How are you, how's your relationship? If it's God, how is that relationship going? Right? Whatever that is on a scale of one to 10, where are you? All right. So you've got four numbers, the physical, the mental, emotional, the spiritual, right? And think of those four numbers as the four legs of a table. <laughs> you know, if they're uneven, it's really hard to eat off of a plate that's on an uneven table. But you know, what's even harder is if the, if it's so, all the areas are so low in your life that you're sitting in a normal chair and you're trying to eat from a low table. The whole point is to bring the table up evenly and be well balanced and at the same bring it up to the right level. And and that's what we want you to do today. And that's what's going to be so awesome about today's guest. I am so, so fortunate and blessed to be able to have Dr. Lewis Carter with me today. I, I want to, I, I got to tell you something. First of all, the, his book is outstanding and I felt I got to know him so, so very well 
But beyond getting to know him, um, I, I felt like he had a heart. He's got such a heart for not the business just to be profitable, but a heart for a business to be profitable in the right way. And it's about people. At the end of the day, this is all about people. And this is what comes through the book is that it's about people. And I don't care where you're at in the in the food chain of business, right? Whether you're the CEO or if you're in a C-suite or if you're pushing the broom, right? Everybody's important. And, and that's the thing that comes through in this book when you um, when you read this book. But Lewis Cardo, he, he, let me tell you about it. He's the chief executive officer and founder and CEO of the Best Practice Institute and an association executive coaching firm and advisory service to C-level executives, Fortune 500 companies, helping them transform their organizations into an environment where employees are emotionally connected and want to produce the best results for their company. He's got 20, over 20 years of experience. The guy has spoke in, I feel like, I, I want to ask, like, okay, what country hasn't he spoken in? Because he seems like he's spoken in almost every country there is in the world. Uh, certainly, he's been all over the place. And by the way, he's widely sought after expert. He helps leaders meet mission requirements. He's been quoted and, and profiled by East I'm sorry, Fast Company, Investors Business Daily, Business Watch Magazine, Pando Daily, CEI, CIO Magazine. His research has been translated all over the place. The man is, uh, well, I don't want to say legend, but actually he is a legend in this business. Uh, the, the book is called In Great Company, and he joins us today. Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome our author and my soon-to-be new friend, Lewis Carter. Lewis, welcome to A New Direction. My new friend, Jay, it's great to have you with me today and have me with you. Oh, it, <laughs> it, you know what? It doesn't matter. To we're, we're together. It's a, right. This is the party, right? Everybody's here joining us at the party. So it's all yeah. good. We're, we're all good. So, uh, by the way, just to let everybody know, um, Lewis uh, Carter and In Great Companies brought to you today by our friends at who else but inline business brokers and advisors. Listen, when you are looking to sell your business, you want to contact the professionals at Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. They have been doing this for a long time. They are recognized internationally as being the business brokers and advisors that sell businesses for the highest amount of money and, and the highest amount of confidentiality. You can find more and learn more, and we thank them for sponsoring Lewis and great in great company. And you can find out more by going to Enline.com. That's E-N-L-I-G-N.com. So, Lewis, this book is fabulous first of all and i i enjoyed reading it it was uh, it was one of those reads that i thought oh boy this is going to be an academic read and and it's going to be so academic and then i went oh no your heart you the heart of yourself came out in this book because i realized that yes you've done your research yes you've done your homework yes you have worked very hard to gather so much information, interviewed so many people, and have conducted so much research. But at the end of the day, you, this is your passion. Absolutely. absolutely. Thank, thanks for acknowledging it. It, it is. And uh, passion is what wins. And, and that, that's what this is about, is, is, is about that kind of achievement and outcomes you can, you can really uh, get to by being passionate, about being clear about the vision uh, as a winning strategy. Yeah, I thought, you know, one of the things I think, you know, when I went into reading this book initially, right, and I was thinking about emotional connectedness, I, there was, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a researcher, my, I worked, in a, I remember being in grad school, and I was, you know, studied under B.F. Skinner's last student, and the, my advisor co-wrote the handbook of applied behavior analysis, and so here I am in the human laboratory, 
doing experiments with humans. And I was like going, oh boy, here we, oh boy, this is, it's going to be dry. And oh God, he's going to talk about emotional connectedness and how is he going to make that work? And then I started reading it and going, you know what? That whole emotional connected thing really makes sense a lot. And I, I started going, of course we want to be emotionally connected, but why do we want to be emotionally connected? Yeah, and that's really the question everybody says is, you know, when first of all, they ask, well, what is emotional connectedness sure. and why is it important for us to to really in, input it or have it inculcated into to our culture within our organizations? And well, quite honestly, it's 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 very simple because, uh, look, all the research, all the conversations I have, whether it be you know, with the CEO of uh, of uh, uh, of Best Buy or, or we talking to you know, Netflix or where, wherever it is, they said one very simple thing. And, and that is when you love your company, when you are able to feel psychologically safe, a term by Amy Ebbotson, who's awesome, psychological safety inside of your environment, inside your culture. Well, guess what? You're three to four times more likely to perform more and better. And when you do perform more and better and you have more outcomes within your company, guess what happens? You feel better. Right, right. And when you, you get that oxytocin release, right, your amygdala feels good, your emotions feel good, and you're ready to make better decisions. You're talking about the brain before in that prefrontal cortex, right? Right. <laughs> and so, so th- when you have more outcomes, whether it be at a lot of the companies I had mentioned, WD40 or Netflix, all these places have these kind of they call it the maniac pledge. Right. It means get it done. <laughs> so you get me. I, I I have a pledge. I. My pledge is to ask ask questions, get it done, uh, with, no matter what. <laughs> I, right. I, and and guess what happens when that happens? When 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 you when you have that pledge, you get more things done. And what yes. happens when you get more things done? You feel better. Right. You actually you burn calories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you actually burn calories when you get things done. And your mind says, I want more. Like right. you said with Skinner, right? Yeah. I want more because I just achieved this. I right. want to do more. And people feel better as a result of it. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you because you know what you start to, when you start to understand when you start going through this book, and we're talking with Lewis Carter. For those of you who are just joining us, we're talking with Lewis Carter and Great Company uh, is the name of the book. Absolutely fabulous book, How to Spark uh, Peak Performance by Creating an Emotionally Connected Workplace. You know, one of the things that is absolutely true is if I feel better about the people I'm around, the place that I work, I probably am going to be first of all lo- more loyal, right? I'm going to probably be more productive and ultimately I'm going to make the company more profitable, right? I mean, those are just some of the benefits. It, it, it absolutely does. And, you know, I talk about the, the maniac pledge of WD-40 and here it is. It's something to remember because I think it's just phenom- phenomenal. I am responsible for taking action, asking questions, mm. getting answers and making decisions. I won't wait for somebody to tell me yeah. if I need to know I am responsible for asking and what does that say? Well, first of all, Gary Rich set up that kind of culture of killer outcomes, which is the K of the spark. Right. We're talking about spark. And because when, we, when we're able to fully understand how we collaborate, how we can think positively toward the future, align our values, personal and otherwise, re- respect with the proper way to get to the killer outcomes, right. now we're ready to move forward. And that's, that's what, that action, that maniac pledge is all about respect. And it can go awry, too, when sure. you see the, the outcomes go downhill. And that's been before with, uh, like, Tom Colditz, Brigadier General, right. U.S. Army. He made sure that respect was a part of the operating feeder 
of war when he had Korean augmentee soldiers working in concert with U.S. soldiers. There yeah. was disrespect between the two. You read this. I think you know yes. You know what I'm talking I about. I know. Yes, I know where you're going because they, <laughs> he had to find a way. He had to find a way to integrate to get because he started doing everything in Korean, right? He made them the, <laughs> right. He started get every, he had every, he started making the, the 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 directions in Korean. So all of a sudden they became valuable. <laughs> You nailed it. I love the fact that, that you, you, you read you and you read so many books per year. I love that. So that, and you look, so this this is what it's about. When he 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 did that, he he said to the U.S. soldiers, "Get look, if you're going to be uh, making fun of of these wonderful people who are U.S. Army soldiers, I need you to read in Korean. I want you to go to the dojos. I want you to have uh, dinner in their in, in their in their families with their families. I want you to see and feel and and have that empathy, like you said. Get into their shoes. Have enough." emotional regulation within yourself to really know what it's like to be like them and boom what happened well they they were able to go in concert go in formation less deaths in the operating theater mm, that's beautiful we're talking with lewis carter author of the book in great company and uh i, I, I got to talk about spark because here's here's the truth we're going to go through spark we're just going to we're going to i know we can't devote as much time as i'd like to because otherwise this is gonna. No, we are not going to get off, and we're not going to eat for the next month because there's so much going on. You, you could take any one of these chapters, and we could talk about it literally for days. Um, but there is the Spark model that you put together, and I love it. I think it's brilliant because in order for emotional connectedness to happen, you've actually done the research that says here are five elements of emotional connectedness that have to happen uh, in order for there to really to really make this happen in the right way. And you call it SPARK, and it stands for five different things. And I could brag and say, okay, this is, I know them by heart, and I could do that. But why don't you, since you wrote the book, why don't you tell people what those five, what those five elements are of emotional connectedness? So, so just imagine your organization and see if anybody relates to this have you ever felt isolated inside your organization have you felt sure. stalled where nothing happens and there's a, and there's a lot of apathy and people neglect things and everybody's burnt out has that ever happened oh gosh yes oh my gosh i can think of several places i've worked on the way up yeah, yeah. i mean what is that like for you right oh what does that gosh feel like? it's miser it's miserable because you 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 can't leave and you you don't want to stay does that make sense you, it you, makes a lot of sense yeah. <laughs> go ahead yeah. Go ahead, Jay. You, well, no, it's you, just you. you yeah, you want you, you you can't you can't leave right it's exactly, and that's the thing. Two percent of people, it, when there's isolated st uh, stalling, apathy, neglect, and you're feeling burnt out, you know what they do? They leave. Only two percent leave. Okay. Yeah. These are the fun. These are the functional people. Yeah. The other the other ninety eight percent stay in these really bad relationships and, and dread it and dread <laughs> it. I mean, it's like no, seriously, it's dread. I have been there where I felt like. I can't leave. I can't leave. I can't leave. You should leave. I can't leave. Well, I'm. There is. You know what? Just leave me in my cubicle and leave me alone. Oh God, I am so lonely. I don't even <laughs> want to be lonely. But I don't want you to bother me either because I'm afraid what the consequences are going to be. I know. I know. I've been there. Absolutely, and it, it makes you want to do the what I call the George Costanza effect, which means you. The George Costanza's part it was a character in Jerry Seinfeld movie where he he hid underneath his desk. Oh God, was that a great episode? That was great. 
it was a great episode. <laughs> great episode. I, I, I love it because George was the ultimate for apathy. He's the ultimate. He's the epitome of apathy, and he's the epitome of an employee who doesn't have that spark. And what does spark mean? Spark has five different areas. Because you asked about spark. When you employ these areas, you deploy them between and among individuals, so me and you, with myself, I think about it myself, I do it within a team, and then it cascades into the organization, which is called CITO, I go self-individual team organization, Mm. it just spreads like wildfire. The S is systemic collaboration. I'll real quickly say, it's just simple, how how do I collaborate and co-create within Mm. a system? With the right. entire organization, how does that happen between and among people? Do I co-create? Do I co-design? Do I enable people to have that kind of future with me? Positive future. Think of succession planning, but think of it in a way that where you're actually helping people to achieve, and you're actually help giving advice for the future. You're not looking back. Feedback. You're looking right. forward. Feed forward. Advice for the future. Having a positive vision of the future rather than something that's negative. And you see that everywhere. Oh, this isn't going to happen. Oh, this happened as a result. I'm going to blame you for doing this. Oh, this is the excuse. Da 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 da. Uh, yep, no one wants that. I'm going to hide underneath right, right. the desk and be George Costanza that day. I don't want to hear it anymore. That's positive future, Giving, changing that from stalling to being a positive future. Apathy doesn't happen, right? Let's right. change it to the A, alignment of values. It's a lot different. Right. Now, what are my values? How does it align with the company, right? right. I, You want people who say they want to get things done and have killer achievement and killer outcomes, and maybe they also want to help the environment. Patagonia. If you want to help the environment, you want to make people's lives better, you want to be aligned with a company that gives away uh, you know, their profits don't to buy this uh, the rainforest. Yeah, don't buy this jacket. Brilliant. <laughs> they just did it. And they live that value. And they do Hey, look, it's a business imperative. It's a strategy. Right. It, it, and it, it helps with taxes as well as the end of the year. <laughs> they could have reinvested into the company. That would have been smart too. Right. They, they, they did something different and smarter though. They aligned it with people's values. That's the A. That's the alignment of values, right? And you're right. You and I could talk about this at a party forever. So I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to get it down. So I'll get to the R and then we have the K. So S-P-A-R, respect. We, you and I, Jay, Jay and I talked about this before as we, we, the other conversations we, we were talking about respect. He made some great points. He's like, and I just I want to sort of reiterate what you said is, you know, about, you know, respect doesn't need to be earned, you said, right, Jay? Yeah. You're yeah. saying that. No, it doesn't have to be earned. It's, it's never earned. It's, it's given or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I could not agree with you more. It, it, and uh, it, it has to be given once it, when it is given. It is you. It is received. And, and the more you do it, it's reciprocal. It builds up. It's it's part of the system, a behavioral system, and it breaks down if it's not given. And when it does break down, boundaries need to be set. We have to start talking about what, how we feel respected and what it means to be respected. And it has to happen at a team level and also individual level. It has to be transparent and ubiquitous. It can't be something that's hidden. And, and, and we all know that. Right. So, 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 so big, big factor. Respect was a big factor in, in, in the Tom Colditz, uh Korean augmentee soldiers and U.S. soldiers example that I gave before. And, and let's just move to the killer achievement because I know that's one of Jay's, Jay's favorites. <laughs> I, I love I love that it, it is Jay because because there, there's so many great examples of companies that have who, who has achieved a lot because they've done all these things and ones that have failed because they have not right. and the CEOs and and these are the the CEOs who have not did not take heed of the advice they were given and did a cost benefit analysis of the advice they're given uh, some case in point think about Circuit City they right. went upside down they didn't know what was coming 
Blockbuster didn't know it was coming. They didn't know Reed Hastings was in his basement thinking about the fact that you could basically watch TVs naked. Watch, watch right. TV and those movies naked. Hey, what am I going to do? Am I going to put on my clothes and go into my car in the morning, you know, at night to go get a, a a movie at Blockbuster, or can I go ahead and watch it in my boxer shorts? Hey, maybe, maybe I don't want to wear boxer shorts that night. I, I think it's time to watch some Netflix. Right. So, I mean, that Blockbuster CEO did not know that was coming. No. Okay, and and you know, even a company you know that is successful now. A brilliant guy, Jim Citrin, uh, brilliant guy. Uh, he, he's a, rec- a CEO recruiter. He wanted to find the right CEO for for Best Buy because at the time they were in that environment where they knew that Amazon could take over. They knew it at that moment. And, and so they needed to find a CEO that went beyond and had a vision for going beyond just being a showcase for great electronics and leaving and buying it on Amazon to go help out Jeff Bezos. So wonderful guy, by the way, Jeff Bezos. I'm not hating on Jeff Bezos at all. I think he's wonderful and amazing. One of the best CEOs in in, in, probably in the world. And, you know, so we want to talk about Jeff right now. I want to talk about Hugh Bear Jolie because Hugh Bear is the perfect example of of a a CEO who had a great vision because he wrote a vision statement in order to become CEO of Best Buy. And he said, look, I'm going to go beyond being a, a retail showcase and I'm going to create really good relationships with customers on on the ground so that you're not just walking in and looking at electronic you're getting not ju- you're getting exceptional customer service and you're going to get to go over there to the geek squad and they're going to help you with all the electronics we're going to sign you up you have a problem we're going to help you later on and then boom now i have a a, a functional relationship that i'm i'm cementing emotionally connected relationship with customers that will be lasting that's awesome. We, I, I, I love it. And you, you, we're, well, we're going to talk. Hold on, hold on. We're, we'll get, we're going to go back to this because we're going to do this. We're talking with Lewis Carter, author, uh, best-selling author of this book and great company, how to spark peak performance by creating a work, uh, emotionally connected workplace. Absolutely fabulous. You can find it on Amazon, your favorite bookstore. This is by uh, McGraw Hill, by the way. So uh, you, you're going to be able to find it probably in airports, subway stations in New York City, because uh, I know I've got a bunch of listeners there, um, folks in California who listen to me all the time. And matter of fact, I will tell you what, I know that the UK is uh, one of the biggest listening groups I have, Merton, Cardiff, uh, and so many other places, the suburbs of London and all over, and Ireland, by the way, you just joined us too. Uh, I know that you folks, you can find this book, I promise, it's called In Great Company. Um, by Lewis Carter, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it at your favorite bookstore, uh, Canada. I promise you it's going to be in chapters. If it's not, just ask for it. It's at chapters bookstores all over the place. And uh, Lewis, by the way, is brought to us by our our sponsor, you know, and and he's been they've been a sponsor for us since the very beginning. And that is inline business brokers and advisors. Um, are you a business owner? At some point, you're going to need the services of an experienced business broker. Selling a business, big decision. Make sure you build your deal team deal team starting with the experts at inline business brokers and advisors uh they have literally helped thousands i'm not making this up thousands of people in the buy and sell of their business so why not join them and and that other people have and trust me when it comes to confidentiality nobody does it better because that's so important to selling your business and they do get the highest price and these folks are professionals they are experts they are internationally known and we are so grateful to have them as sponsor. We also want to thank Linda Craft and Team Realtors uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina for sponsoring the show as well because, you know what, their sponsorship keeps us going and it helps us get great guests 
like Lewis Carter with us. So, Lewis, uh, we went through Spark. Um, so, I, I, and you're right. I want to, I want to jump to Killer, Killer Achievement because I just, that's really where I want to jump. But I, but I know better because I know that you have, you know, you, okay. Look, you, when we go out to dinner, right? You eat your dinner, and we get, we get, maybe you get some bread, which is delicious, right? Because when is bread not delicious? And then you get your entree, which is generally good, right? But let's be honest. The dessert at the end, right? So let's, I, I, we're going to have to just put it off because that's healthy for us. Let's put off killer achievement because it's where I want to go. I want to go right to the dessert, okay? But I want to put it off for a second, all right? Let's just kind of, let's just kind of walk through, you know, briefly. You've already given us a briefly thing, but I want to talk through at least a couple points in each one of these areas um, for, you know, from systemic or systematic, is it systemic or systematic uh, collaboration? Systemic. Okay, systemic systemic collaboration. Okay. Yep. okay. Systemic collaboration. Because I've got some questions there about when we talk about systemic collaboration. You know, ideally, I would love to be able to break up the business, as you suggest. You know, especially large businesses, they can break up their business into small groups and we can work on isolated projects and we can get the people starting to collaborate together and we want to have a diverse group of people in whatever we're doing so that we can expand that diversity because as you pointed out in your research, the more diverse our groups are, the better able we are to not only cross-functionally collaborate and build trust and other sorts of things, but also because we're going to get a better result. But how do you get people to collaborate who don't want to collaborate? <laughs> so, so, and that's true of a lot of companies who have silos, uh, because there's no real reason to collaborate. And in fact, you're competing against one each other, right. each other because you have your own specific division or your specific sale or a product or service. And there's sometimes there's there's no reason to here. But here's here and here's reasons, though, why you may, because there's cross functional knowledge that you can share. There's cross functional selling. There's cross selling. There's a lot of things you can do to share within other divisions that that can enable a company to really rise up with the killer outcomes. So the, the first of all, you have to have a reason for it. Mm. Uh, so there, there has to be a raison d'etre, a purpose for it that is that that drives people and it needs to come from the top i always say that when you get your your and i it's i've always seen this time and again when you have your ceo and your top team discussing goals and you're you're talking about what your common goals are and always have them create one or two at first specifically for the team Mm -hmm. so one one thing for the team and also one behavior for the team that they should they they think could change and i give them a bunch of uh, behaviors that maybe they need to stop right and adding too much value uh saying uh yes and rather than yes but but negates your previous statement right little things and that helps them get on the same page and say yep we say that a lot we're going to change that so that's something very small and and kind of minimalistic that people can can feel like they're they're changing together as a team even if they're even if they're cross divisions and silos Mm -hmm. the second really is goals so let's say everybody says in in that in that team meeting of senior executives across silos they all represent two three hundred people sometimes thousands of people each they all agree that one that entre- they want to keep their entrepreneurial spirit. I know a company like that right now wants to keep their entrepreneurial spirit as they grow because they're getting massive growth growth every single month, and they, they're getting new employees. They don't want to they don't want to lack that sense of agility mm-hmm. inside of their divisions and their silos. And every single one of them says that same thing. 
And there's there's agreement around the table on that one thing. So right now we have our agreement on goals, mm-hmm. all of all everybody. So it's the same exact behavior, same exact goal across the board that we all want. Therefore, when we cascade it down inside the company, remember I talked about SIDO motto, yes. self-individual team organization. We cascade down. Now we're really talking about the same thing. So before when we thought we were not on the same page, now we're figuring out we are. Right. And we discover things in these sessions that we, hey, guess what? Oh, you in that division. I didn't, and I, you're, you're in that specific, it could be any division sure. of a pharma, O&G, of a, it could be any, any division. And they say, well, you're doing really good work over there in, let's say, that oncology division. Well, I, and you have a great customer base. Well, guess what? We do, too, in our division. And we're, 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 dealing, with, uh, we're, we're dealing with drugs that help, uh, help or more pharmaceuticals, that help with other kinds of ailments, right? We all have an ailment, the ailment of the day. Right. And so, so, so guess what? Let's talk to the same doctors. Let's talk to the same – let's get from the same, uh, same groups. Let's see what kind of cross-selling we can do. Boom, now we get to a goal, the first top-line goal, sales and revenue. Boom, that's the top one. How do we create operational efficiencies above and beyond them? And how do we finally make sure the productivity is, is, is phenomenal between and among? So now we have a common lexicon, common language, a common way really to, to move forward to, to say we all want the same things. We don't have to compete against each other. Right. We can help each other achieve the same goals. We're in the same we're in the same field for, for right. what, what are we doing here? Let's help each other. Let's share, let's grow, let's share knowledge and let's enable each other to be open enough to really discuss the things that may be holding us back. That's awesome. I, I loved, I, listen, I loved systematic collaboration. One of the things that you said in that chapter, a uh, systemic, sorry, systemic collaboration. One of the things that you said in that chapter that I hope people will will latch onto as they listen to the show and as they read the book and and that you highlight it because by the way there's more highlights in my my copy of my book than there are actually white pages, so my book's looking a little yellow like well yeah really bright neon yellow uh, is what my pages look like, but one of the things that you said there that just really struck with me and I know this is true, is that. As we, we have a younger generation of employees coming in, we call them the millennial generation. I, I hate the name. I hate the term. I hate. I can't stand anything about it because whenever we start labeling somebody, that means we've we're putting some. There's probably some negativity attached to it whenever we m- label somebody. You know, whether it's boomer or millennial. And so, but it is what it is. Anyway, but one of the things that's true is that this generation that we have coming up, and actually a little bit of the previous generation. But this generation that we refer to as millennials are collaborators. And if we don't, and I think as you pointed out, if we do not embrace collaboration as part of our company policy and our company culture, we're going to, we're going to have a really hard time getting them on board. Talk more about that. There's no doubt you, you have truth in everything you said, but probably, but you're right. <laughs> everything is right. What you just said. And I want to, I want to bring an and to it. There's an and, which is that, People in general, entry level or people just joining the, the, the workforce or people who are perhaps in that millennial generation are not unlike all the other generations that joined that, that were entry level 20, 30 years sure. ago. They sure. all want to help and they all want to they, they all want to do the things that, that are needed to achieve. So everybody's in need to achieve. Perhaps some of the ways that are, that that our older generations are experiencing it um, are a little bit different now because we all want things done a lot more quickly 
than they were before in, in generations before. So now we're in, in, in a very uh, rapid cycle uh, change uh, environment where um, we're in a nanoseconds. We're right. in a Twitter-based culture. We don't want to say more than the amount of characters that we put on Twitter. Right. So what can we go when we do when we uh, when we need the same things? now for if we call them millennials whatever you want them right. then what we needed i'm a little older obviously i, I, I don't know if it tell, you could you could tell because i don't have very, a lot of hair on my head anymore and so, so the, uh, i just had mine tra- i just transplant mine that's what i do because i didn't either but i just i went to bosley i'm just, okay free plug for bosley i did Tom I'll bosley. Be honest with you. incredible entrepreneur by the way, so so so, so it's, this, it's the same things here. You know, hey, look, with, with even with Tom Bosley, you know, I, I'll bet he, you know, the, his the way he presented twenty five years ago, thirty years ago to 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 uh, his his uh, constituents were far different than how sure. he does now. Things are quicker. Things are or or any hair replacement uh, club, sure. <laughs> it's very different. And yeah. it's the same thing here now. People need things quick. So because of that. Uh, it, it, we don't have time to go through this. We, we don't feel like we have enough right. time to go through this process of collaboration. And it is a process. It requires four roles. And it, a lot, I don't know if you've read, there's a great book uh, by David Cantor and also Deborah Slobodnik. Um, it's about family systems therapy and it, it derives from family mm-hmm. systems therapy. You know, it, you're, you're a psychologist. It, it's all about really four different roles inside of a collaborative structure that's functional. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's really about moving, supporting, mirroring, and and, and challenging. And if we don't have all four of that inside of a collaborative structure, it takes time, by the way. Right. It could take a long time to do all four of those. Yeah. Because if you have a lot of people who move to, and people, too many people who support, you're going to go nowhere, right? right? So, yeah. you know, collaboration can take a while. And we don't, that in our Twitter culture, we don't have the time for it. We right. don't perceive we have enough time for it as much as we did 20 years ago. And, yeah, and, and yet, and yet, it's it. I, we perceive it. I think that's the appropriate word that I hope people are picking up on. We perceive that we don't have time for it, but the fact of the matter is, actually, if we are collaborating, as as you talk about having the technological changes and everything that's going on, actually, it may allow us actually to move faster, because <laughs> because because as you point out, in that collaboration period, what we're doing is we're actually forward thinking. Uh, quite a bit, you know, because we're we're bringing in people in a mixture who can actually think about what we're going to do in the future, which leads me to the next step. Let's let's just move into positive future, because I think one of the things that I, first of all, I'm a positive person. I, I believe in positivity, but here's here's what I want to know because I get this question from uh, business owners at every level, you know, because I do some you know I do some coaching, executive coaching, and consulting, and so. Uh, I do this thing called coaching Mavericks is what I do because I coach people who are not like anybody else who want to change the world and just don't know how to quite get there. But anyway, that's another story for another show. Anyway, but my, the point being is that uh, there in every company that you tend to go into, and I'm sure you've experienced it, there's always somebody, and sometimes it can be the CEO, who is just the Debbie Downer. I know that's an old term. But there's so much negativity in there, and the, and it gets it stalls the company. So explain the power of positive thinking, you know, with positive future in view, and and then and how we can make that kind of happen, both from a leadership standpoint and maybe from the employee standpoint. 
so, so, so there's there's a great story I like I like to tell about this because uh, it, you know it it's a Debbie Downer approach that shows that it could be deadly. <laughs> okay, so Debbie Downer can be deadly, and I'll show you, I'll tell you how. Uh, one of my good friends passed away. His name is Jerry Stern, and I used to hang out with him in Cambridge, and his wife Monique, who are wonderful people, and uh, in, in Cambridge, Mass. He's from uh, from Harvard, and he he, he Harvard uh, uh, School of Public Health, and he uh, was the director of Save the Children Foundation, and had a lot of expertise in nutritional health. And he said to him, it, it, he was he was sent into really difficult situations uh, where children. Children had uh, were were malnourished inside of uh, of, of uh, Myanmar uh, in Southeast Asia, and in those situations, he said to himself, "Well, it, it, you know, what am I going to be? The white guy who comes in and teaches people how to cook, mm. or am I am I going to be the guy who comes in and defines the problem, determines if there's individuals who are doing things in a positive manner, who are actually doing the practices to to uh, properly wash their vegetables for their children, to properly cook it to a certain degree, to mix the right." ingredients to ensure that there are all the basic food groups being given to children to nourish them to to uh, get to the next level and then discover really the uncommon practices or strategies that enable the positive devious to succeed uh, when their neighbors don't so and the last thing is really designing of that intervention in that design phase, you're really talking about when bringing those positive deviants forward to teach others and enable others, the people inside the system, to do the things that are needed positively in a positive manner um, to 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 uh, to stop malnutrition in this case. And this is this is applicable in any in any organizational culture because you can basically determine you can determine what's happening in that in, de- in the definition phase or we like to call it the envisioning or definitions phase and really unearth a lot of stuff and it takes time and a lot of too many people do uh, put too much emphasis on the middle stages and not enough in the in the beginning stages which is really those kinds of envisioning stages about discovering who those people are who are the Debbie downers who, who can have deadly outcomes and not enough in in really you know finding out how to do it and then um, following up and ensuring that it's done yeah and I think one of the things that you point out in your book by the way the book's called in great company uh, we're talking with Lewis Carter, the author. Um, he's brought to you by Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. You can find more at inline.com, E-N-L-I-G-N.com. You can find his book anywhere, uh, literally. Seriously, go to a bookstore, say, I'm looking for an great company. Oh, yeah, it's over here on the bookshelf. And you'll say at Barnes & Noble. Or you go to Amazon, just pick it up. You can pick it up. Uh, it's a Kindle version. It's also available hard copy, uh, which I'm holding in my hand that I know that people who are going to listen to this on a podcast cannot see. But trust me, it's a really beautiful book. It's in beautiful yellow white and black and you're going to love the book when you uh when you talk about positive future one of the things that i that i loved that you were pointing out and and you found this in your research is that when people were talking about positive future they weren't looking just to next year they were talking they were going what are we going to do 10 years down the road what are we going to look at what what are we going to look like you know you know five years 10 years or longer what are we going to be then Right. Because we, we can we can limit. Right. We can limit ourselves. We don't sometimes we I think you've even said this in the book. Right. We don't think big enough. And sometimes even in our positive future, we're not thinking big enough ahead. Absolutely. I mean, the case in point in the books is WD-40, who, you know, they, they was developed in 1953 really to, to prevent corrosion and nuclear missiles. So completely different, right? And uh, it, it was named WD-40 because the first 39 attempts to perfect the water displacement formula failed. 
That's awesome. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, what so it could have been W. Maybe, it could have been WD thirty nine, but you know they they messed it, it up. It, yeah, awesome. It, it, it took them forty times to get it right, and it was. <laughs> so so it, it was a very deliberate effort because we know that we have to we have to continually uh, expand and iterate in order to get really perfection. Right. So he he it, Gary did the same thing. He looks ten years out. He he intentionally extended their planning horizon to ten years out. Right. So right. And, and they become future focused with what they call it unlimited possibilities and look what can happen look what happened wd-40 became enormous enormous consumer product so so that that that's an example of how a product took so long to get to but they had a positive future where they knew they could get to after a lot of iteration you can look at other organizations too though i worked with the united nations global compact and in looking at organizations uh, that were looking out 20 30 40 50 sometimes 50 years and what they did was they invested in the local infrastructure and they give away different uh, their products for free into into markets or uh, unavailable markets so that those people could remember that uh, that they gave them free water (laughs) that they gave them access to electricity that they, they, they developed infrastructure uh, that, so that their family will want to use it, you know, 30, right. 40, 50 years down the line, and, and they'll become more developed and, and emerged, if you will, right. down the line. So these are forward-thinking companies that invest in, for the future, and it, it's really it's essentially free services at, at first. Uh, KPNG, same way. They, right. they, uh, do, they provided free consulting services to businesses in, in, uh, in emerging markets, and those emerging markets have since grown uh, in, enormously throughout the year. So again, future focus through investment in the now for for uh, for outcomes that will last 40, 50, uh, 60, sometimes 100 years to come. Mm, it's beautiful. So, okay, so I'm, I'm about ready to move on here to A, but I want to, I wanted, there's something else I was thinking about this, because I was thinking about this was, as I was reading through, you know, your positive future chapter, and I'm going through it, and I was thinking, you know, sometimes the mistake that we, I think, often make in a company or maybe individually is we think about our, not the future growth, but how we're going to exit. And I started thinking about that. That starts to be the lower end of the curve. And so what happens is we're not thinking about growing. We're thinking about ending. And there's nothing positive about that that I could come up with. I was like going oh my gosh, why are we thinking about trying to come up with an exit strategy when we should be thinking about an amazing growth strategy that we can give to someone else? And it just, it, I don't know, you, you sparked that thought process uh, in me in, in that chapter because I was like, the people who, everybody that you talked about in that chapter, they were not talking about, well, how am I going to get out? They were talking about how are we going to make this thing so big, Right that 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 we can pass it on for generations and i love that thinking and that thought process and that that takes me into thinking this way that's because they have a set of core values that makes them different and they have to come into alignment right there's no you if you're thinking about an exit strategy that's part of your core values if you're thinking about growth that's part that that's part of your core values as well so now we move into we went from s to p now we go to aligning the core values can we can we understate the importance of a core value alignment we i i doubt it <laughs> yeah. because it, it's something that cannot be understated enough. it can be overstated enough because right. 
we, yes, that's what I meant. Sorry. Which, 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 you, what you describe was so important because you're talking about a living company. So there's two ways of looking at companies. You can look at a company with a death spiral hmm. that have, has predictive success that goes up to the curve and then right. just dies and goes down and then is re-upped after investment. Or you can look at a company as a living company, 100, 200 years old. These are the large institutions that you know of, the Kellogg's, the, I mean, the, right. the people with the – these are these are the billion and trillion dollars right. investments and, and family funds. And these family funds are family funds for a reason. Right. They looked to becoming a living organization, and they had values were, that were aligned with that kind of thinking. So let's let's just look at I'll, – I'll give you a, an example of somebody who's done that who, who as, as a living – as a living organization and he's really phenomenal his name is morris miller he's the current he's the current ceo and uh, part owner in, in Zenex disinfection systems and he was the one he was a co-founder of rackspace where he called he he created what's called infectious customer service uh, it, it, and, it, I, I was with rackspace for years i've been with oh yeah i know <laughs> i know i know them they fanatical fanatical what they call this fanatical customer support and You're right, I, and, fanatical. Yeah, <laughs> and they were. Can I tell? I'm just going to tell people because they're still around. Okay, it's just that I'm. They're now bigger than I am, so I don't. They moved me over to somebody else, but it's okay. But they were amazing for all the years I was with them. Honestly, this is a true story. I I could make a phone call, and those people would do whatever they could it to fix my stupid WordPress site that I was putting. I mean. The, right, I mean, I'm so insignificant compared to the major major companies that existed, but they um, may, would take care of me. It was crazy. They were amazing. Yeah, absolutely, and I I credit that to Morris. Morris doesn't like to take credit for it. He did he did this though. <laughs> he created the fanatical, and you know more. Obviously, you know much know Morris because you worked at Rackspace. So so, and he, he he are you in Texas? I don't know if you're you're in Texas. He's he's down there in San Antonio right now and he, he this whole concept of fanatical customer support is what this is about it's all about this connection you have to your customers and just like you said you're you you work you don't want any paper cuts with your customers whether right. you're a wordpress site at two hundred dollars a month for a server or your ibm right. at uh, five million dollars a right. month right. Right? right and because they could they could handle that they were in the first server company they treated everybody the same no paper cuts nope. so that's the that's and you remember no paper cut rule I'm sure it being at Raxley so and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. so yeah it's all about it so 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 that so Morris you know working with him now he's over at uh, disinfection disinfection systems he has that same kind of mindset I talked about sort of these you know Kellogg these large families that that really think about their customers in a really uh, uh, very uh, loving way. I'm going to say that I know it's a, a the L word is kind of a, a four letter word in business, but I tell you the truth, it works. It when does. you when you cre- treat your customers like you love them, you yeah. win all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what, I don't so care what anybody says. Listen, I'm six feet five, two sixty. Okay, love your customers because when you love your customers, your customer service is legendary. Yeah, absolutely. People will buy love any day of the week. <laughs> absolutely, they will. <laughs> any day. Of the week. Absolutely, <laughs> no, they will. Not, not in a Robert Kraft way. I had to go there. Today. That's so, so well played. That's awesome. For, for Robert. I mean, Patriots, great, 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 great football team too. So, so, oh, so, so brilliant. So, 
Yeah. So, so you know what I'm saying. I think this is really about you know really getting into that connectedness and spark with your customers as well as your employees. Yeah. Great with you. Yep. So let me ask you this about aligning the core values, aligning with alignment. My wife and I were having a discussion, and she had a question for for me to ask you. And so I'm going to ask the question to you because she owns her own business. She said, "You know, do do core values change over the course of time with a business?" Hmm, that's a great question, and it may be that hers do, and you know, it could be it's 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 really on an individual basis. I'd love to. What I want to know is, you know, what would cause the shift? And because I've seen companies. Uh, change values and direction because they're being pulled in that direction. The, 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 hey, here's the case in point. Uh, Blockbuster Video didn't right, right. <laughs> change their values. Look right. what happened to them, right? right? So to, to, to your, what was your wife's name? Can I, Linda. What was your, Linda. So Linda, uh, can we say her last name? So everybody yeah, Linda can hear Kraft. who she is? It's Linda Craft. So, Lin, so just everybody knows Linda, she sells real estate, right? Right, is yeah. that what? And, and, right. right in the Research Triangle Park here. In the Triangle Park, so she's she's selling multi-million-dollar homes to uh, to wonderful people like yourselves who are listening to this. Maybe I'll want to. They're wonderful people, right? right. So, and so she she has to she has to. I would think, uh, if you hear me now, you have to be agile with them, right? right? There's different needs. Maybe there's different mortgage needs. Maybe there's different ways they're 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 uh, reaching out to you. I don't know. I'm I'm sort of speculating and perceiving. Well, there's been different know. market. The yeah. market the market has changed because there's different market pressures now that didn't exist before. It, it, they changed, right? There's yeah. Different market. And they and they're they're cyclical probably. So you have you have pricing is different. You have you have real estate requirements. You have right. the the buyer is more aware than they've ever been before. Right? It's like buying a car now. You can well, that's, go that's, on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's happening. Is you have the what they call the I buyer. We have what I refer to as I firms, which are more uh, firms that are more digital firms than they are, and and supported by you know angel funding and venture capitalists. Uh, that came that have come in and have altered the traditional real estate market in a very different way. Absolutely, I, they they really have, and and I think that's why it's so necessary to to be m- sort of more of what you, we're doing here today. Getting getting your personality more in front, getting to that sort of sort of you know connectedness to to your customers, knowing them even more, where they, where they're coming from, understanding their psychology really, and how they think, how they work, how they act, and so knowing what's who's a good customer, quite honestly, and who's not a good customer. Right. You should know that immediately. Is this person qualified to work with? Do they make my life better as a result of being of being in it? Right. <laughs> right? right. If that's no, forget it. Move on to the next person. You know, it, let them compete against right. another right. Uh, another agent uh, at that point because you want to you want to make sure your life is balanced with your customers as well as you're being able to find the right customers. Yeah, and, and I think Lewis here, I think with the the you know the alignment of values, this is where I kind of wonder if things kind of alter a little bit. You know, I think there's certain things where I don't know that you're changing. I don't know that you're like completely changing the core values, but maybe you're adding to them because you recognize that there is another, there is a value that has emerged that is part of your team. I guess that's what I'm kind of asking too. Could mm-hmm. almost, could, because you talked about like, I think you said you quoted that 27% of the employees do not necessarily agree with the core values of the company. 
Is that is, was that right, or was it seventy three? Maybe it was seventy three. Only tw- here it was only twenty seven percent actually fall in line with the core values of the country, meaning that seventy three percent actually disagree with the core values. Isn't that is, was that right? Does that get that right? Right. right. In, in most of the companies we looked at were completely misaligned with, right. with their corporate values, and the question is, how do you unearth that? Yeah. How do you yeah, find yeah. that out? And, and, you know, in our case, we just ask them. <laughs> well, that's oh well, gee, right. that's that's complicated. <laughs> that, 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 that's a novel idea. Yeah. Ask people. <laughs> See, you 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 want to find out? Ask them. And, and that's the truth. It's really about saying: Are, are we still aligned? Are we right. are we thinking the same things? Because if we're not, we're probably not going to be selling to the same people. Right. And and I think that brings us. You know what that does, right? I think now you go back to your systemic collaboration phase. Right, because if you almost say right, if we start to realize that we're in that piece, right, then we can go back. Okay, let's now let's go back to systemic collaboration, and then maybe that's part of realigning our core values is actually getting back into that, you know, collaboration and and having that positive futuristic view, coming up with our core values again. This is kind of how I'm envisioning it. You, you're you're more than welcome to step on me anytime you want to, and 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 but none of that happens without respect. That's right. That's right. And none of it happens without respect because, you know, it could Linda, right? It's her yeah. name, Linda. I want to make, yeah. So, so I, make, I almost want Linda to tell, talk to me about her question more because what Linda's saying is the market's changing. People right. are changing. Uh, the, what I, what I opened up in the beginning isn't the same business isn't as it is now. She probably has employees working for her yep. and she markets those people, right? Yep. She puts them up and she helps them become successful yep. because the, the most successful people make help other people become successful. Yeah, so she does. Ongoing training, training all the time. She's training all the time. Every week, every week, almost every day, she's training at some every all the time. Which is smartest thing you can do. Right. Well, you said that. You said I, I don't. I didn't say that. You wrote that in your book. So there you go. I did. I did train all the time because <laughs> because what she's doing is training all the time or developing all the time. Either one means that you are investing all the time. And she's saying she's saying, look, if I invest and I train individuals to become better and to become in the market better, to sell better, to have better customer relationships, she will, in essence, also get right. the same thing. And she could spend more of her time training and developing. And actually, she she it's, it, and and have more people multiply who she is and her values, her right. core values, and really checking in on them and doing check-ins. And what does that mean, check-ins? So it's, it's coaching, and it's and it's accountability partnerships, right. making sure that they're doing what she knows and she's taught to to do. And when there is sort of deviations from that, which can be dangerous legally and and also for the long-term sustainable growth of the company. I'm right. not saying your wife the company does it all does that yeah. i'm just saying in other situations sure. so for for any business owner this is the truth that you have to do check-ins you have to yeah. be vigilant about your check-ins and that make them her accountability make people their accountability partners tell me how you're doing what are you doing well how can you do better and guess what i want the same thing for myself what am i doing well right what can i do better now you've created a relationship between your people you're training and developing that can become sustainable and it could be lifelong this is awesome. By the way, and here's what's so cool about this book uh, and great company and our author that we're speaking to, uh, Lewis Carter. In the back of this book, there's a, there's several appendices. Some of these, these appendices actually have the questions. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> questions do. that you can ask. Yeah, I know. Right? Like, imagine that. The guy, the I guy, gave it away. Yeah, he gave it away. <laughs> I mean, literally, he's got the questions in the back of the book that you, as a leader, you can ask yourself, as you, you could go through with your team and your staff. 
and you can go through it, it, it it's book matter of fact we didn't talk about this and we're can you stay with me just a little longer I'm with you. Absolutely. Okay. We, awesome. Absolutely. Right with you, Jay. Yep. Awesome. So, uh, because I'm going to tell you something else about this book, which by the way is available on Amazon, your local bookstore, your favorite bookstore. If they don't have it, tell them why not. Tell, ask them, why don't you have this book? I want, I wanted this book, this book, you should have this book because this book is that good. I know because I'm listening to a new direction with Jay Izzo and he told me how good it was and you don't have it. And that's wrong. You should have this in there because people need to read this book. And so, yeah, you need to pick up this book because this book is absolutely outstanding. It's insightful. It's brilliant. It's it's so well written. I'm just telling you right now, it's so well written. And I don't care where you're at in the level of the company. You're going to get something that's going to be powerful, that's going to change what you're doing right now. And also, I want to just also talk to my fellow coaches, consultants out there that do what I do, um, you know, as part of my business is I coach executives and, and do a lot of consulting. Can I tell you something? This book is going to be like having, you're a carpenter, and it's like having a hammer, okay? Because try being a carpenter without a hammer. Not going to happen. This thing is going to be a tool in the toolbox. You need to have it around. This thing is going to be an awesome tool for you coaches and consultants. Uh, you, you better read it. Read it well. Take a look at the appendices because I'm telling you it's going to help you do what you're going to do and you're going to love the book. It's outstanding. And uh, this book and the book In Great Company and Lewis Carter's brought to us today by Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. Look, here's the deal about Inline Business Brokers and Advisors. Uh, they are known internationally as being the confidential company, meaning this, that they represent profitably held, privately held businesses with gross annual revenues in excess of a million dollars. And listen, they, they deliver in the shortest amount of time, highest market value, and it's completely confidential. That is their registered trademark. They are internationally known for that. You need to check these out. If you want to sell your business, don't think about anybody else you want to sell with inline business brokers. I know the owner, Jeff Snell. I know those people. I have I I have seen him work his magic. It's amazing, and people are always happy. Check them out at inline business inline.com that's e-n-l-i-g-n.com absolutely outstanding and uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show as well as linda craft and team realtors in raleigh north carolina and the research triangle park we appreciate them also sponsoring the show as well so lewis we've we've gone through respect and, and i thank you for doing this just little piece we're going a little over time here but i want to get to killer achievement at least briefly can we talk about because it's the final it's the final piece in our spark Right, we've done systemic collaboration. Uh, we we've done positive future. We have done alignment of our core values. We have talked a little bit about respect, but killer achievement, right? Because at the end of the day, I believe what any CEO, any business wants is what have we achieved from all this? And so, go ahead. Let's let's jump in. I, I love it. I mean, look, killer. My favorite example of killer achievement is Steve Jobs. It's it's one of the most overly used uh, examples. And I, I here's here's my take on it: is that Steve Jobs had such energy, passion, enthusiasm that he demanded that kind of respect throughout his enterprise, and it created incredible, amazing outcomes that's living to this day. Mm. So when he said we're making an iPhone, it's not like everyone just went ahead and made an iPhone. 
<laughs> all right? Right, right. He came, he writes like, Oh, go make an iPhone. That's all collaborate. We'll develop an iPhone. No way. He, he got into, he went into all of it. He demanded that everybody, uh, look at operational excellence. They look at it, what the fine tuned details of what was happening to, to make the best possible product. Steve Jobs is that ultimate kind of leader. And what do you do in the absence of Steve Jobs? That's the other question, right? right? So in the absence of a Steve Jobs, after the founder is gone, you really have to look at how does it sustain and how does it achieve that kind of outcome even when they're gone. And there's many different examples of these. Home Depot, Bernie Marcus as well. He's still around, and right. he's, he created a living company because it's an ecosystem. So that's what Apple is. It, Apple created that kind of ecosystem, collaborative ecosystem with the environment and with inside of the Apple structure so that it could always live forever. Same thing with Home Depot. Vendors, customers, also, of, of course, people who are going to help with those home improvement products and reduce the actual pricing through volume sales, right? It's a triangle effect. And so, so that's always going to live on. And as long as you can enable those systems, those people to behave really in those ways, that right. is behavioral change when it comes down to it. We say behave, behave. Right. We're not talking about children. We're talking about people who have behavioral competencies right. who can be better no matter what. People who know that they can get better and say they, they will get better and then live that they'll get better will always have killer achievement and killer outcomes. It's always going to happen. Yeah, and, and I, I want to you know say something here too. I, 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 don't, I interviewed an author here by the name of Brenton Putter, and he wrote a book, Culture Decks, and he literally went to company after company and took and downloaded their culture deck, right, which really started with Netflix, right, because we talk about killer achievement. Net, Netflix culture deck, by the way, uh, it's a slide share. It's basically the slide share of their entire culture. Just for people who are wondering what Culture Decks, if you weren't didn't join me, go back to the Brett and Putter podcast uh, on Culture Decks because it, it was enlightening in terms of LinkedIn and Netflix and all the other uh, decks that he reviewed and what they were about. Netflix is in particular a killer achievement company. But matter of fact, they don't tolerate anything less than that. And matter of fact, that company scared the crud out of me, honestly, because it was like, um, if you're not an A player, you're gone. <laughs> I mean, that's literally right. I'm not. I'm not wrong. But they do achieve. They achieve amazing things. Absolutely. Page 160 is all about Netflix achievement-driven people strategy in their 125-page slideshare document, right? Yeah. Viewed 18 million times yeah. online. Passed through HR leadership circles. It's it's huge, and, and it's deliberately provocative and boils down to two words, freedom and responsibility. Right. Those are the two things. And and once people feel and know that they have freedom to fail or succeed and freedom to do things, this is the, per, the forgiveness before permission, and they take responsibility for their own actions and or for their teams and for what they then we have a, a you know a really wonderful culture um and that's what reed hastings wanted uh you know it, it's a culture of achievement right and uh you know salary employees they, they take as many paid off, paid days off as they want total freedom right? right but they're expected to consistently perform at a high level and right. exceed expectations which is responsibility <laughs> you know, they, they have few spending controls or or travel and expense limitations, which is freedom. Right. But they're expected to make spending decisions that are quote unquote in Netflix's best interest, right. which is responsibility. So we, you know, we're this freedom responsibility. 
uh, a theme is is all throughout the 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 deck and uh so they they also have we had talked a lot about accountability systems they have something that we use as well and also in the ec is an informal 360 uh, degree feedback system uh actually I developed one as well where anyone can provide feedback to anyone else in the company, which is responsibility. Um, I have something called anytime feed forward. Um, and uh, it's the same thing where you're really creating advice for people so they can get better in the future. And this is really something you talk about millennials or just people entering the workforce. They needed that kind of advice and, and, and that kind of coaching from people, even at the higher levels, responsibility. It's awesome. Well, we've kind of went through it. I know that we've we've actually I've said this about you know I, whenever I have folks like you on the show, you know I go okay, this is the cliff notes of the cliff notes of the cliff notes version of the book, okay? Because you you, you didn't even get the cliff notes version. What you got is you got the well the cliff notes of the cliff notes of the cliff notes, okay? So it's several generations down, which means that you know what you got to do. <laughs> buy the book. It's called <laughs> In Great Company. It's by Lewis Carter, who we've been talking about. For over an hour, and it feels like 10 minutes because it's been so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Lewis, I really have enjoyed this. I really have. And it's been so much fun, and I can't believe it's over an hour that we've been together. And um, so I want to say, first of all, thank you um, because you've been an amazing, marvelous guest. There's so much more I would love to talk about and want to talk about, but I know your time is valuable as well. And you've given me far more than I could ever ask or hope for. So, I'm, so please know that I'm terribly grateful. And everybody who's um, who's now sending uh, little love hearts uh, on um, watching live are giving me these little love hearts. How they're loving you too as well. So you need to know that um, on on Facebook. Um, but uh, Lewis, I, I got two questions before I let you go. Okay, the first one is. And it's not. It's probably going to be a pretty lengthy answer, but it's okay if you got time. How do we maintain this? All. How can we maintain our spark? That's the first question. Let's start there. So, so maintaining our spark is really about ensuring we have friends and partners, accountability partners, to help us succeed. That's that's what it's all about. So so when we create those kind of partnerships from the beginning, mm. those partnerships will help us to get better over time. Find a buddy, find an accountability partner, explain your goal to them, ask them continuously for advice and feedback to get better over time. You you cannot do this alone. You should not do this alone. Nobody does this alone. It takes a village, it takes accountability partners, it takes your stakeholders. Every great leader that I know and I've talked to, whether it be general CEOs or other or presidents or any any great leader, any wonderful leader has stakeholders that they speak to on a continuous basis, they, they ask for advice from, that they they generate a cost-benefit analysis of whether or not they should really be doing what they're saying they're telling them to do, and they move forward on that, that advice. Check yourself with people who you know both love you and challenge you and support you uh, in ways and also move you to decisions that you may not have come to in the first place. Essential That's for this. Awesome. And then Finally, Lewis, what I do every at the end of every show, I always ask every author, every guest that I have, if you could provide, the show's called A New Direction because we help people try to find a new direction in their life or their business or their career. If you could give us a, give our listeners a new direction based on everything that in great company and how to spark peak performance by creating an emotionally connected workplace, if you could leave them with a new direction, what would that be? 
Well, first of all, I think you're going in the right direction if you're listening to this podcast and sending hearts to Jay, because that's exactly more of what we need, of providing positive feedback to those people who nourish us. Mm -hmm. So keeping people who nourish us in our lives is essential. People that help us achieve our future that we wish to achieve and see our future and envision it is what you need to do as leaders. I, and you, you need to do that sooner than later. And, and then creating reciprocity for that, helping others to achieve their goals. That's a recipe for success. And the more you do that very thing every single day and you practice it, just like Jay's questions that he had at the beginning of this, the more that you practice that every single day, the closer you'll be to achieving inside your business and your life and everything else in between. That's awesome. Lewis Carter, ladies and gentlemen. Lewis, will you stay with me for a little bit? I'm with you. I close the show? Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Lewis Carter, the In Great Company, the book, right here. Buy it. Uh, don't hesitate. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what you should do. Why don't you take, why don't you start, if you have a company, why don't you start and go, okay, you know what? We need to make a change. I want to start a book club in my company, and we're going to start with this book called In Great Company. And we're going to start to collaborate together. We're just going to take a book, and we're going to start collaborating together. I don't care what size you are, but this is where we're going to start. We're going to start with this book. I think you're going to make a really great choice if you do that. Uh, show has been outstanding. Lewis Carter has been outstanding. Folks, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. Oh, England, Sweden, uh, the 14 countries that we're currently in. Thank you so much. Uh, Portugal, Africa, Spain. I appreciate you so much for listening to the show and downloading the show and being regulars. Folks, I do want to say one thing, though, um, before I close, and that is um, my home state of Nebraska is in peril. And uh, we are, uh, our heartland is being devastated. There are hundreds of cattle being, are, are dying a day uh, across the Great Plains and the, the heartland of, of America. We've got not just flooding, which you're probably hearing maybe occasionally about, but we've got snow. So much snow, in fact, that um, during calving season in the western part of the state that it's killing uh, the, the freezing temperatures is killing uh, so many animals that I can't even begin to describe. And I'm going to ask you, please, uh, if you'll just check out the folks at Samaritan's Purse, you can go to samaritanspurse.org. That's org. Would you please go and support um, the folks at Samaritan's Purse? They are there right now. They are helping. They're looking for volunteers. They're, they, they need People need um, food. People are without homes. Uh, they, they, the cattle need to be fed uh, that are stranded out in the middle of nowhere that they can't get to and so i'm asking you please on behalf of me and uh, my my family and everybody that my friends that still live out in the midwest um, please go to samaritanspurse.org find out what you can do to help the heartland of this country that supplies so much of our food and um, so much to not just this great country that we live in but the countries all over the world and I want to ask you to do that. So if you do that for me, please, I know you will. Special shout-out T-shirt to O2 Fitness. Thank you guys so much for the T-shirt. I appreciate you. And special thanks also to my sponsors and the sponsors of this show that have been doing it since the very beginning. Certainly that's inline business brokers and advisors and Linda Craft and Team Realtors. Folks, as I always say, it's a great show because I have great guests. And I thank you for listening. You're the best people in the world. And I wouldn't be here without you. But do this, will you? Be inspired because when you're inspired, you can inspire someone else. And that inspires, begins to inspire a world. But we do that. We create an amazing world, an amazing place to live. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Ciao, everybody.
Strange. 